Well, that was a smattering of applause. <laughs> not for me. Me and Al, we're not the best up there on that camera stuff, but we try to do our best. Welcome. It's a beautiful day outside. This is the day the Lord has made. He's done his part. What's the rest of that? Rejoice and be glad in it. So whether uh, whether you're in uh, one of our two services here on this campus or in the, our live stream uh, church family, we just in, uh, encourage you to enjoy this day. Uh, this is the day, first day of spring, so we're going to spring right into action and keep rolling in our study in Corinthians. So glad you can be here. I just want to put another little shout out there about the men's retreat. We want to pack this room full. Uh, and we want to show that not only our men uh, that are involved in that, but we have men from the community and their families will be here that day. And so we want everybody that can get in this room to get in that room. Okay. We, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we uh, will just feel this thing so overflowing, you know, we'll have to overflow into the other room too. But I mean, we really, we really want to be here and have that ministry of presence uh, as they wrap up their retreat that day and uh, uh, for this uh, special day for our men. Because as the men go, so go the families. And so uh, we want to be sure. I just wanted to kind of give them another little punch there, okay? All right. Um, I need a scripture reader. Carly, come on up, girl. Carly Stone's going to read our scripture. There you go. You got your own fan club right there. Carly, uh, let me give you that first. Carly uh, goes to Claiborne Christian. What grade are you in now? I'm in 10th. 10th grade. Wow, that doesn't seem possible. Uh, your dad's getting old. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you're doing powerlifting? Yes. Yeah. Can you outlift your grandpa? Probably. All right, well, probably. <laughs> Al, did you hear that? All right, well, read our scripture for us today. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Amen. Thank you, Carly, so very much. I love our young people getting up and reading scripture and sharing with us. It's great. Well, we've been in the study of first corinthians and uh in chapter one he starts right off the bat uh he paul loves his church so much and he starts but he starts right off saying look guys you got some things i'm wrong you're saying i'm gonna follow this guy i'm gonna follow apollos i'm gonna follow paul i'm gonna it's not he said you got to get rid of that division mess it's just killing you uh you know it's a terrible testimony to the world when the church is divided just kills it. And so he tells them that in, in chapter one and he goes on to uh, describe uh, uh, in chapter three, he even mentions, he says, you're infants. You ain't grown up. You're acting like a bunch of kids. Matter of fact, he's going to come back to that. Actually, you're acting like a child and it's time to put away childish things in chapter 13 because this immaturity, he just keeps describing all the way through. And then he's going to tell him, uh, chapter 4, that he loves him like a father. He really does. But chapter 5, he says, you got to correct some of the sexual immorality mess going on. But you got that. The world don't even have that. 
You've got, you've got as a body, a group of people, you've got to do something about that. You've got to love each other enough to take care of uh, correcting things when uh, unholiness is practiced. Matter of fact, you've got to take care of your relationships in the right way. Uh, it goes on to the next chapter to say, look, some of you have been bringing lawsuits against each other. You can't do that in the body of Christ. You're to love and to get along with one another. And then he talks about uh, 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 fixing their marriages and making sure you respond right uh, and, and, and in a unity, in a strong body of a family unit, how to live the way that God wants you to live. And you've come out of this idea of, of idol worship and eating meats and all that. He said, look, you need to consider your weaker brother. Uh, remember, you don't always have the right to do what you have the right to do. You've got to take care of each other. We need unity. And then Paul tells them later on, then that next chapter, you've got to run the race. There's, there's a greater goal ahead. And you guys need to get your eyes and your, uh, and your heart around that. Uh, and, then, uh, and then he says, look, you need to think of the whole body. You can't be wrong with the brothers and be right at the Lord's table. So he gives them that Lord's Supper illustration, which is a proclamation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It says you can't be uh, having problems with each other and then turn around and try to practice the Lord's table. That's not the Lord's Supper you're eating when you do that. That thing is to be about unity and proclaiming uh, as you look forward the good news of Jesus. He keeps bringing them, by the way, you'll notice he keeps bringing them back to the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He's going to do it again in chapter 15 when he tells them that's the first importance. And then he's going to get here in chapter 12 through 14. He's going to say that diversity, listen, diversity that competes with each other leads to disunity. Diversity that completes one another leads to unity. All right, there you go. We're done. Now, I know we've got to dive into this thing and figure it out. So he says in this chapter, he's going to talk about these spiritual gifts. Now, I would love to dive into each gift and explain it and talk about it. And is that gift for today or not? And But we're not going to be able to do that and do justice with the context. I want us to stay close to the context as possible. I don't want to get off into the weeds of things. And I don't think we ought to be dogmatic about some of these areas either. But as he, as he approaches the church that he loves so much, he tells them in, verse, in chapter 12, verse 1, Now about spiritual gifts, by the way, spiritual does not mean miraculous. Spiritual just means spiritual. Some of them will be miraculous, some of them won't. Okay? But it says about these gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow uh, uh, or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He said, your, your influence, and this has happened to them, by the way, all the way through the book. Their relationship and their pagan worship kept influencing their Christian worship. They kept bringing stuff in. By the way, we do the same thing. We bring, we, we're out here in the world. We get converted. We bring in principles and actions in our life from our pagan life and, and a, Practice those things sometimes within the church, and it's a learning process to figure out, wait a minute, what's God really want me doing here? Because when they worshiped those idols, remember the idols that they had and the temple that they had, and they would go up and they would have all the ecstatic utterances and be out of control and all this kind of thing toward an idol that couldn't even speak to them. It says it was mute. 
didn't even have anything to say. So you, you, and, and that was, those idols cursed God. But now, now our cry, our battle cry is Jesus is Lord. That's what he says. Therefore, I tell you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, as God's people, you have a different cry than you had back earlier. Now your cry is Jesus is Lord. That means master. In other words, he's directing my life, not me. So then he gets in. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. And I want you to notice the word same. Okay, look here. There are different kinds of, of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God. Here's what he's just done. He's just called on the Godhead. And what better thing to call on to show diversity and unity at the same time than the Godhead? Who each one of the deities in the Godhead has a different role. And the, 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 the gifts there come from the Spirit. And then he says this service. This is the word for deacon, by the way. This service that comes. You have that. That's the same Lord. That's Jesus. He's the master. And then this workings that you have. That's where we get our word here. In the Greek, it's the word energida. It's, a, it's the word from energy. It's the energy. It's the working of God that takes place. Within the body. But all those are done in unity with the Godhead. So now that each one of the uh, uh, manifestations of the Spirit is given for the, here's the phrase, common good. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God, common good. Do you get the idea he's about unity yet? Because the Corinthian church didn't get it. They got, they're having a little problem here. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. So now he's going to list some different gifts. By the way, this is not an exhausted list. This is not all the gifts. We find some other ones in Romans 12 and some other places where he's, where he's given gifts. This is not an exhausted list, okay? This is the ones he happens to use when he writes this church. But he says, I, uh, uh, to one there is given to the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another uh, faith by the here it is, same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to other prophecy, to other distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different languages. I said languages on purpose. You'll notice that a lot of times it says tongues, but the word for tongue there is the word for language. Now, regardless of whether we get into what kind and whose language and is this something nobody understands and all that kind of thing, I'll deal with that later on in chapter 14. But the word there is language. Remember in Acts 2, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in languages that everybody heard them in their own language. Okay, got it? All right. Just kind of stick that back in your box and hang on to it, okay? All right. And so, and still another interpretation of the languages. All these work of one and the same, there's the word again, same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So the first, this first 11 verses, it's all about saying the Godhead, even it has diversity, but the Godhead and the gifts and the body of Christ all come together for the common good. That phrase common good comes from one word that means profit. It's profitable. It's, or another definition of that it's beneficial to. K. 
Okay? If it doesn't benefit the body, then it's not accomplishing what it's supposed to accomplish. So he gives all those. There's variety. There's the differences that exist. Gifts build. Okay, listen to this. Gifts build harmony when used with humility for the common good. Let me say that again. Gifts build harmony when used with humility for the common good. The problem was they were exalting one gift over another. Some thought they were closer to God because they had a particular special gift. And since you didn't have that gift, you're not very close to God. Well, you talk about causing division. When you're thinking about you and your giftedness, you're already off on the wrong track. So now what Paul does, and in writing this, he decides to use a very basic, a simple illustration. He's going to talk about the family of God as a body. That's where our scripture reading came in. Now, how does that body begin? How does it start? How do you get in this body? Verse 13, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized in one spirit, into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slave, or free, and we're all given the one spirit to drink. Remember Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 through 6? Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, sound familiar? One spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. So the way this body begins is in baptism. When I am baptized into Christ, I am baptized into the, uh, into the, really the whole Godhead. My, the, my relationship with the Father changes. I, I'm, I receive the Holy Spirit to dwell in me, to help me live the way God wants me to live. And I'm put within the family of God. And now I have a forever family. But while I individually respond to God, it's never about me by myself. It's always about being pulled together within the body of Christ. He said, in Christ this happens. So, this baptism is not an extra special baptism down the road anywhere. This is the conversion that causes us to be one, and that is the gospel. That's what brings us together as one to begin with. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Our response to that is a response of grace and mercy. It's not anything we do. There's nothing special in the water. It's the fact that I'm submitting to Jesus Christ and I'm reenacting that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that puts me in the family of God. So now, as I'm in this body, how am I going to respond with the diversity of this body? It starts out diverse because look what he says. Either Jew or Greek, slave or free. It was born out of diversity. And it doesn't lose its diversity even in its unity as the family of God. Interesting. Now he's going to say that this, in this illustration of the body, in this explanation of the value of everyone, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to show in verse 14 through 20 the inferiority that exists in the body and why that causes division. 
Now, the body is not made up of one part, but a meaning. If the foot should say, because I am a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason cease. So here's the illustration. He said, it's like the Holy Spirit said, okay, I'm going to make this real simple for you. Uh, look at each other. You're a body. You've got different parts of your body. You can't say... Well, I, I don't belong. Now, some of us do, don't we? We say, you know, Mike, I, I just don't feel like I belong in the church. And, and I get that. Or some, I haven't found my place. Or I don't, I don't think God has given me a gift. Now, that kind of sounds very humble on the outset. But that inferiority... Basically says, God, you didn't build this thing right. God says, that ain't true. Look, God's going to be right. The Bible's right. So if something's wrong, it's either our leadership not figuring out how to help people be in the body, or it's us as individuals not diving in. Maybe I've isolated myself or alienated myself. And so being an individual, which is, by the way, honored in our country, and there's a lot of good things about that. Uh, it's honored in our country, but in the West, a lot of times that thought gets, gets, uh, uh, gets in the way of us becoming a part of the family that we really need to be within the church. It's not an individualistic thing. We don't function good by ourselves. We need each other. God knew we needed each other. We need each other's gifts and talents. And so when I say, well, I don't really belong in, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the head or I'm not the mouthpiece and I'm not, I don't have the talent that brother so-and-so has or that sister so-and-so has. You know, and poor, poor me, poor me. And I'm just going to kind of isolate myself off. Red flags ought to go up everywhere. Danger. Look, God made you and put you in the body. And you have something to offer the body of Christ. Figuring out how to find that is it. You heard your stats, right? 20% of the church does 80% of the work. Well, I'll tell you what. God didn't say I'm giving 20% gifts. He said I'm giving 100% gifts. You are valuable in the body of Christ. We need you. This idea of I don't belong... Don't blame God. Don't blame the church. Just turn around. Because here's what it is. It's not humility. It's self-focus. I'm looking at me all the time. And I'm telling you what. I mean, I look in the mirror enough to know I don't really want to look at me very much. You know? It ain't pretty. I need to learn to look out. Look to God's people. Look where I can do something good. Just in an assembly. I was counting up this morning. I know there's two up there in that sound booth. There were two in the sound booth in the other room. There's, there were six in the live stream booth. Uh, I'm not big on math. What is that? Six, uh, eight, nine, ten. Uh, there were six on stage leading worship in this room, six in the other room, I think, 10 and 12, 20 plus, okay? 
And then there's the, there's the people making coffee. There's people delivering communion. There's all the uh, Joseph and his crew of greeters out there at the doors welcoming people in. That's not even counting all the folks that are in the children's ministry do what they do. I can't tell you how many people are using gifts and talents in this body just in this hour. But it's not about just making an assembly work. It's about making the body effective throughout the whole community. But if we can't be together as one and be effective here, we're sure not going to be effective out there. So one of these ideas is this idea that somehow or another this inferiority in the body results in division. I don't belong. I don't have a gift. It sounds humble, but it may be self-focused. We don't want the result to be isolation. We want the result to be involvement. Then there's the superiority, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I don't need you. I, I, my gift is enough. I don't really need it. I'm, and I'm glad you're here, but I don't really need you. Superiority. The idea that somehow or another, you're just not quite where I'm at. Everybody in the body is of equal value. Gifts different. Value doesn't. Everybody's valuable. Now, if you don't think we need to work as a body, think about this for a minute. Just think about how we work. Hands, feet. Uh, Go ahead. Try to get your car keys out of your pocket with your foot. Let's... Some, some, some are trying that. Somebody on the front row said, I'm gonna, give me a shot, you know, let me try that. Go ahead, give it a shot. It don't work too well. God knew what he was doing when he made us a body with different parts. Now look what he says. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot, uh, head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Uh, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker. Now, Lord said, they seem to be weaker. He didn't say they are weaker. He says they seem to be weaker. They're what? They're indispensable, he says. Necessary. Indispensable. See, most of the time when we talk about this text, we think of just the outside body, the hand, the feet, the head. What about indispensable part? You can't live without your lungs. Now, they're covered up with the body. You don't see them functioning, but they're indispensable. You can't live without your heart. They're indispensable. I remember one time a guy told me, he said, Boy, Mike, you know, this, by the way, we wasn't here, so if you're thinking, oh, no, he's, I talked to him last week, he's fixing to say this about me. No, no. Uh, the guy said, well, you know, boy, I'll tell you what, old so-and-so, I mean, he just seems to gripe all the time. You know what, I, I, we'd be better off if he just went somewhere else. You ever thought that? You, you don't have to shake your head, just have you ever thought it? Don't be pointing to anybody. I've, I've thought that before. I'm so tired of dealing with them. Man, I tell you, you know what? That's not right. No, I'd be better off with them here with the right attitude, using their gift the way God gifted them. 
That's what would be best for the body. I'm not better when a part of the body leaves. I'm better when every part of the body grows and, and can build up to become where it functions in a group where the forever family can be effective in its outreach to other people. Indispensable, folks. Valuable. You got to tell the value of something, right? By the price paid for it. You know the price paid for you? Jesus Christ. You are valuable. And you're important in this family of God. Parts that seem weaker are indispensable. Parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Now, I thought for a minute, when I saw that word modesty, I thought, and we're talking about the body, and we're talking about modesty, and it's spring break, and boy, I could just get off on preaching right now. I'm telling you, I could go down a rabbit trail so quick. I'm, I'm not going to. And maybe, I, now I'm not going to. Just whenever you get out of here, dress right, okay? I mean, just be modest. Okay, anyway, all right. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has, has, you know, I don't really have to cover up my hand or anything. You know, it's, it's, I don't, it's not immodest to see my hand. Okay, I will tell you one little thing about modesty. I was in a class on cultural anthropology back in graduate school. Yes, I did. I know I don't talk like I actually did get an education. And I was in class, and it was an anthropology class studying different cultures. And it was a a Bible-based class. And so we were talking about what is modesty and some guy uh, with some missions deal. And so we were divided up into groups, and people were saying, well, now, look, if you went into a different culture, like over Africa or somewhere, where the uh, uh, where the women weren't wearing, you know, working out in the field and they weren't wearing tops, should, should you make them cover up? I mean, is it, would you uh, put that in? Is that because it doesn't really seem immodest to them and whatever? And so there, get, there gets to be this argument. And so I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the argument about modesty. Because one guy made the argument, well, you know, Mike, at one time even showing your ankles, uh, uh, for a woman to show her ankles was immodest. But nowadays that's not immodest, you know. So I thought for a minute, and I, I told him, I said, well, I'll tell you what. When that guy takes his woman into the tent, he ain't grabbing her ankles. Whatever he grabs, you cover up. Got it? Is that simple enough? Modesty. You know what to cover and what not to. I don't think it's, I don't think there's any special wisdom here. Be modest. You know how to be modest. I don't know how I got off on all that, but anyway. Spring, spring just brings all kinds of stuff out in me. Okay, here we go. God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division. God designed diversity for unity. It's when we misuse the gifts is when division takes place. 
And the Corinthians had a problem with it. And what they don't really understand is the division exists because of their own language. They elevate the talk about the differences greater than they elevate the talk about the commonness. They should be talking about the baptisms and the conversions and the gospel and all the great things that are happening. Anytime you get a church and its voice is greater about what people in the church don't like, is that voice is greater and louder than the voice of what's going on with the gospel and people's lives are being changed, you're going to have a church that has division. We must elevate the voice of the things that we have in common and that we're united about. Things of first importance. We must take our gifts and submit them to be used in humility to support everybody in the body. Everybody is valuable. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part's honored, every part rejoices with it. I love the fact that when there's somebody gets hurt in our body, that people rally to them. They rally to them. That people can walk down this aisle and on the front uh, on any Sunday and, and 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 share a deep problem, a diagnosis they got from the doctor or whatever it is, and people will rally around them because that one part is hurting and people respond to that. That's what family does. Sometimes those hurts come as a result of living in a broken world. Sometimes they come as a result of our own sinfulness. But even in our own sinfulness, our family rallies around us. I love that. Look, we don't shoot our wounded we all come broken and messed up anyway. We just help each other in the journey. We honor every part. And when there's victories, we celebrate them. And when there's hurts, we help get over them. Now, you're the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed this. Look, this is God's business. He's laid this out. Now, not all are going to be apostles and not all are prophets and not all are teachers or workers of miracles or having gifts of healing and uh, uh, all, those, all the different ones he listed. They're not all that. He asked that question, are all that? No, the answer is no. Nobody has all these things. But God has the variety and the diversity of the gifts, talents, and offices within the church to benefit the whole family. I'm better off. You're better off. When the family functions at full capacity, everybody doing their part. Matter of fact, what we typically think is the important parts really isn't important at all. They could be a hole in this pulpit and I could drop through it. And you know what? Somebody else would stand up here and preach next week and y'all keep right on rolling. Keep right on rolling. This ain't the most important part in the body by a long shot. Matter of fact, those that are indispensable many times are the ones that you don't see. It's you guys ministering to each other, taking care of one another. 
going by somebody's house, taking food by there when they can't prepare it themselves. I saw, I watched this church do that during COVID. Uh, uh, matter of fact, when I had COVID, one of us, one of the sisters, uh, 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 you know, drove over and left stuff out on my front porch for me. It's the body functioning. We need each other. You are needed in this family. The answer to their problem, he's going to turn around and tell them in the next text. Really, the the real answer is instead of competing like you have something special with your gifts, the real answer is to humble yourselves and put on this thing, grow up and have this maturity of this thing called love. That's the next chapter. That's why he puts that chapter there. The answer to their division is love for each other. That's why he starts out that chapter, by the way, the way he does. Why, if I had the tongues of men and angels, if I, if I could do all these great things, if I had prophecy, if I could move mountains, I, if I could do all these things, it, they're not, all these gifts, they're worth nothing if we don't love one another. They're, not, they're just not worth anything. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. When I see the gifts of the Spirit practiced in your church. Just not what he says. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. When all of your doctrine is correct. (laughs) Now, I wish they're all still learning, right? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples when you love one another. That's the mark of a mature body. Not the gifts. The love. So you see, the thing we've said around here for a long time is still true. We love Everybody, and let me add to it, and we need everybody. Say that with me. We love everybody. We need everybody. One more time. We love everybody, and we need everybody. You're valuable. If you've never named the name of Jesus, you can do that today. We'll baptize you into Christ. You can walk out of here part of a body, a forever family. If you're struggling in the body, come on down. We'll struggle together. We're, just, we're all in it together, right? We're family. We have to stay united. We have to support each other. Find a place. Use your gift. You're valuable. We need you. Won't you come while together we stand and sing?